Jesus placed a very big emphasis on forgiveness. The need for us to forgive each other and the need for us to know ourselves to be forgiven. Because Jesus knew that without forgiveness there could never be personal wholeness or harmony in our relationships. And in our first reading that Dawn kindly read to us, the healing of the paralysed man, we see the need for us to know ourselves to be forgiven. The four friends bring the man to Jesus with great faith and determination, so determined that they break through a roof. And you can imagine all the people sitting underneath and the bits all falling on them. And I don't know what the homeowner thought of that. But they bring him because they want their friend to be able to walk again. And they have the faith in Jesus' power to heal. But Jesus sees beyond their request, beyond the need as they see it. Jesus, with his insight, knew that this man was full of guilt and needed to know the inner healing of forgiveness. So Jesus, with this insight and understanding, says to the man, your sins are forgiven. If Jesus had just said, take up your bed and walk, the man would have gone away still carrying a burden of guilt. And maybe he would have known another breakdown later on in his house. So the healing that the man received was complete. It was in body, it was in his mind, it was in his spirit. Now the interesting thing is that we're not told or given any indication that the man had any faith, though he was willing for his four friends to bring him to Jesus. And we don't know what his sins were. But he heard those words from Jesus, you are forgiven. And he was released so that he could take up his bed and walk. Sometimes people say, oh, I couldn't be forgiven. What I've done is too big. It's too awful. But if we don't accept Jesus' words of forgiveness, in effect we are saying that Jesus is powerless to forgive. We are saying that we are bigger than Jesus, and that is a form of pride. I remember when we were at Crowhurst Christian Healing Centre, and one day a woman came in looking so dejected, so depressed. And I had the privilege of talking with her. And she told me that her husband was dying of can- when her husband was dying of cancer, she couldn't take any more of his suffering. And when he was very near to death, she'd actually smothered him with a pillow. And I said to her, do you think Jesus can forgive you? And she said, I don't know. And we said some prayers and 
There was worship there every morning and evening. And after one morning's worship, her face was lit up. And she came and she said to me, Jesus came and he stood right in front of me and he said, you are forgiven. And this absolutely transformed her. And she went home and she came back about six months later and she said, when I got home, everybody said to me, what's happened? You've changed. And she said, I told them, I've received the forgiveness of our Lord and it has actually transformed my life. And I read once about a doctor who said that if he could assure many of his patients that they were forgiven, then they would be well on their way to finding healing and wholeness. But along with forgiveness, there needs to be compassion. And recall how compassionate Jesus was. Remember the woman who'd actually been caught in an act of adultery? Jesus said, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. And when he met the Samaritan woman at the well, though he knew all about her past life of five marriages, he didn't condemn her. There wasn't one word of condemnation or criticism. But he said to her, Whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst again. He offered her new life. And how releasing and marvellous it must have been for Peter when our Lord appeared to him after the resurrection. Peter had denied his Lord three times and he'd known great anguish of heart for doing this. And Jesus comes back to him with words of forgiveness and acceptance. Jesus brought healing and wholeness to so many people with his offer of forgiveness. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And Christ longs to reach out to each one of us with his offer of forgiveness. He doesn't want his people to go around carrying great burdens of guilt, which can cripple, which can make us less effective and less than whole. He died that we might be forgiven. And he is willing to forgive everything in your life and everything in my life. And he goes on forgiving us for each day. I don't know about you, but if you look back over the day, you know there are those things that you need forgiveness for. Actions, attitudes, words and deeds. As John puts it in his letter... If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. How aware are we that we are a forgiven people? In our worship, we have our prayers of confession, we hear words of forgiveness. But I wonder how many of us go away still feeling unforgiven, still carrying some guilt, or perhaps in our private prayers, not believing that God is big enough to forgive us the wrongs we know or have known in our lives. <clears throat> if we took God at his word and claimed his promises for ourselves, how powerful prayers of confession can be with their forgiving peace. Christ is willing to forgive, but that's only half the story. He asks us to forgive too. Now the Jewish law said that you were allowed to forgive somebody three times and only three times. And Peter came to Jesus <clears throat> and asked, Lord, if my brother keeps sinning against me, how many times do I forgive them? Seven times? Peter must have thought he was being extra generous when he said seven times. But he was about to discover that the generosity of God is unlimited. For Jesus' reply must have taken Peter completely by surprise. When Jesus said, not seven times, but seventy times seven, meaning always forgive. And Jesus follows this with the parable of the unforgiving servant, and it ends on a note of uncompromising authority. If we are not willing to forgive the other, then we cannot know the forgiveness of God. Now, there can be many times in life when it's very hard to forgive. When someone has hurt us deeply, when someone has deliberately upset our lives, we may feel justified in disliking them. And maybe we feel if we did forgive them, we'd be condoning their action. And there is a difference between I can't forgive because the hurt inside me needs to be healed and I won't forgive. And I want revenge. Some years ago, <clears throat> well, a long time ago now, someone hurt me very deeply. And my first reaction was to avoid them. Um, because when I saw them, they kind of stamped on the wound that was inside me. But one day, I went to Southwark Cathedral... <coughs> And David Watson, a name that may be familiar to some of you, was preaching. And the cathedral was packed to overflowing. And who should be sitting just across the aisle from me was this person. I mean, it was really amazing. And we were asked to give the peace to each other. And I felt the Lord say to me, 
If you knew this person like I know them, you would have compassion for them. And I went across and we exchanged the peace. And after that, we were able to sit down and have a meal together and there was reconciliation. And with forgiveness, we can move on, letting go of resentments and bitterness and hatred and unspoken harsh feelings and grudges. When we refuse to forgive or cannot forgive, we actually harm ourselves. Unforgiveness puts us in prison. And all those unhealthy feelings, all the bitterness, can act like a poison within us. And the medical profession tell us that strong, such strong emotions can have such a powerful effect within our bodies that they can actually manufacture harmful toxins which may lead to a breakdown in our health. We do ourselves a favour by forgiving others and we put ourselves right with God and hopefully there may be reconciliation with the one who has hurt us. And I heard someone once say, and this has always stayed with me, God has not given us the authority to judge another. God has not given us the authority to judge another. And if we can't forgive, we need to ask God to fill our hearts with love and compassion for the person we need to forgive. And we can always remember how much forgiveness we have received from God. Sadly, he grabbed his fellow servant by the throat. Sometimes seems to me a modern attitude of our society. We do need judges, we do need the police, we do need the legal system and prisons. But after our own health and well-being, we need to be free of vindictive attitudes. Who do we need to forgive? Perhaps we need to forgive someone who hurt us a long time ago. Or someone who robbed, rubbed us up the wrong way just this week. Or it may be we need to forgive some group, some race, some gender, some class, church, people we cannot come to terms with. And perhaps we need to forgive ourselves. And that can be the harder thing to do. I have met people who've worn themselves out doing good works, trying to make up to God for what they feel they've done wrong. So perhaps the first person we should forgive is ourselves. To discover the full, releasing, peaceful forgiveness of the love of God. And sometimes when you hear people talking, you feel that they even need to forgive God 
for what they feel God has done to them, perhaps taken the life of a loved one. And it's we're emotional people, and it is natural to be angry with God if we blame him for the things that have happened in our lives. Just read the Psalms. A lot of the psalmists got very angry with God, and he can take it. Forgiveness is not an occasional kindness. Christ calls us to make it our way of life, as he made it is, for he knew that such a way of life brings health and strength and peace.